Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. This podcast is going to be about adaptation and natural selection. I am borrowing from the book Adaptation and Natural Selection by George C. Williams. He makes key discrepancies between adaptations and natural selection. And when you see things that are selected for and things that are adapted into are at variance. Now, as it would seem that the progression of time is evolution or that when you generate or have generation that you bring into another process a new set of information that is supposed to be more well equipped to deal with the future based on the choices that are made and the selections made for whatever reason. He puts progress in five categories. One, accumulation of genetic information, increase morphological complexity, increase physiological division of labor, any evolutionary tendency in any direction, and an increased effectiveness of adaptation. He says we can interpret evolution since the Cambrian, which is like the first era of recorded life that started evolving, as a history of substitutions and changes qualitatively in the germ plasm. He makes mention that it's not an increase in the total content of the germ plasm. So a matter of substitution of morphogenetic instructions for a small proportion of biochemical and cytological instructions in the protist DNA. So over time you accumulate new information and there is morphological differences in different cytoplasms or the germplasm that get passed along that create different effects within the cells of different organisms. So an increase in morphological complexity could apply as in different groups of different cells have different genetic information or different germs that are getting passed along with different traits that apply to specific environments. He goes on to comment and say, Are we more complex morphologically? Human skulls are more simple than fish skulls historically through evolutionary time. So it would seem that the premise of the accumulation of the genetic information and the increase of morphological complexity would make you progress, but we we are progressed, or we are more progressed than fish, so to speak. But it seems that fish here are historically less simple. So the complexity of morphogenesis and traits sometimes doesn't necessarily explain what we mean by progress or being at the top of the evolutionary paradigm in general. He outlines two parts. Relative complexity has these two assumptions. Evolutionary progress from lower to higher species consists of increasing complexity structurally. And two, the change from fish to mammal exemplifies such progress. Brain structure is more complex in mammals than fish. In history, fish have changed into more complex forms than mammals structurally. This comparison is uncertain to the proof of complexity as progress. So primates are seen as the highest ape, that all families, orders, genera, order up to man, that man is the end state and that man's independence of environmental change is an important component of progress. So that in this, there's kind of a lack of dependency of the accumulation of genetics or the complexity in things structurally or se- or in the uh, cytoplasm. The tendency in any direction may be a very key component that 
we have a tendency to do what we will in any direction and that diversifies and varies the complexity and maybe morphologically it gets you involved with different people by fate of biogenetic traits. The increased effectiveness of the adaptations that we choose to accumulate into different areas of life and adapt to circumstances and environments create an independence of environment overall in that we tackle the need to have to adapt to very much and that we are surviving and thriving despite the environment and that we have a foothold over it may determine uh, the essence of progress that maybe it is an, an independence of the need to have to adapt that the, the pressures are sort of gone and that might be the biological tendency is to get rid of pressures and to have a strength in our numbers and a variance enough and an adaptation to our environment enough where we do not have to worry too much about having to deal with it. He goes on to say, if numbers are any indication of progress, then multiple species would qualify for us being in an age of mammals or amphibians. For there are many low, quote, ancient phyla that are high in biomass that surpasses, quote, higher complex phyla of similar groups. One example, the sponges and hydroids are more in evidence progressive in coastal waters than the bryozoans and acidoans so that in this low to high dynamic it's hard to discern what is more well adapted in that there are those with greater numbers in the indication of progress would a greater number or a quality of sorts prevail in the progression of a specific uh, genera of being so that maybe substituting one type of adaptation for another in different lines of descent rather than just an accumulation of adaptation would be implied with progress as we saw that success doesn't exactly rely in numbers although strength in numbers exists but also strength in the quality of adaptation according to the environment also matters very much Another example, tetrapods became better walkers at the price of being inferior swimmers. The original homeoterms decreased their metabolic dependence on environmental temperatures, thereby increased their requirements for food and so forth. So in exchange for one mechanism of sustaining oneself, when you make an adaptation, you trade that off and depend on a whole new paradigm. That if you get stuck in an environment that you're not adapting into well, to go back would be nearly impossible. Or if you are now a part of another environment that is in decline, it would take time to go back into the original one for your environment's declining. So if you adapt into an environment that looks suitable but then declines and you try to go back, you were in a prior dependence and adapted into another one that was more suitable. And then if that environment breaks down and you try to go back, you're dealing with the process of time and that you cannot go back because it requires time to be able to reacclimate into different environments. So the economy of choice and selection sometimes can be ineffective for it's in the wrong environment. So the effectiveness of the adaptation really counts, sometimes just according to the environment and what it's doing and who is involved in it over time. So according to an increased physiological division of labor, that sometimes you don't have your work cut out for you necessarily, and that in choosing, you make natural selections, either in the right direction or not. By necessity of numbers, that qualitatively, that you have to, 
Sometimes may put you at an advantage of being unique, but sometimes will not lead to better outcomes. But it's in the example of trying the variation to adapt and evolve in any direction might be progress, but it might not be. All these things can be rather tenuous. He says, quote, I regard it as unfortunate that the theory of natural selection was first developed as an explanation for evolutionary change. It is much more important as an explanation for the maintenance of adaptation. So seemingly that adaptation tries things until it works, but what works in the whole accumulation of evolutionary change is that which is more ambiguous, it would seem, that natural selection is not the explanation for evolutionary change, but more of an explanation of the maintaining of adaptation, the process of changing cytoplasm traits, environments that are conducive toward the environment. So the ambiguities of what forces cause the evolutionary change would be the succession of what tends to work sort of by chance, and that selection is more essential with the effectiveness of adaptation, which is progression, but does not dictate how the evolutionary change will occur. This has been quite a, a mouthful. I'm not an expert in biology, but I do find this very interesting, and I thought I would lay out some of the main points in natural selection and adaptation and his ideas on progress. Thank you for turning into this episode. I will see you next time.